Hey, this is the Revenue Accelerator with your host, Kat, the lead boss. And I have um, someone here who I think will be a pretty popular show. Uh, it's Connie Kadansky. Am I saying that correctly? Awesome. Um, Connie, you know, you do something that um, I think you tackle the hard thing that a lot of people don't actually look at. So it's kind of like your playground is the place where a lot of people tend to avoid going yet when they finally decide that they want to play, it can be this amazing experience. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why people should actually care? Cause they need to. <laughs> yes. So I'm the sales car reluctance coach and I help salespeople, recruiters get their ass in gear so sales car reluctance is that emotional hesitation to proactively prospect and self-promote. Mm. And uh, there are 16 types. And for 24 years, I have been helping salespeople stop intellectualizing, prospecting, and getting comfortable and consistent with their outreach. Mm. I love that. So you know, I think there's a lot to do with, you know, I don't think sales is necessarily this huge skill set necessarily. There is a skill set, there is a component, but my opinion, and I, you may or may not agree, is that sales, especially when it comes to reluctance, has everything to do with mindset. What are, you, what are your thoughts there? Well, it absolutely is mindset. And also it's emotional in origin. Mm. And so salespeople are reaching out and making unsolicited calls to people in hopes that they'll be open to a conversation. And so it requires an emotional resiliency and, a, and a, an understanding of basically the body and the brain and how this all works so that people can get in to the mindset that is really accelerate revenue accelerating. I love the way the name of your podcast is. It really is a revenue accelerating mindset mm. and it's a deeper mindset. So, I mean, I really do. I, I, it conveys so much when you coined this very um, unique and obvious mechanism in terms of sales calls reluctance. Like, it's just like, when someone hears it, they go, yeah, <laughs> there's a whole story that's understood. There's a novels and, you know, encyclopedias in terms of emotions that are tied to that. So what's going on when someone can say, you know what, I do have some sales call reluctance. What is that about? Well, to decide whether you have sales call reluctance is how many new appointments do you have on your calendar this week? And how much money is in your bank account? Because those are the two places where sales car reluctance shows up. There's just not enough generated activity. And when you look at a basic sales model, and I know you're a sales guru, there are basically five steps to any sales model. So you may be able to controvert them. Is a salesperson must identify the prospect in order to initiate contact, in order to introduce themselves, in order to have that all coveted conversation, which is basically step four. And many sales coaches and many sales trainers 
They start at step four. What do you say when you're in front of a qualified prospect, which is important. However, it's step four. And then step five is to influence that prospect to buy from you. And so call reluctance influences step two and step three profoundly. Mm. And when salespeople have that, they're not getting in front of enough prospects. So what is something um, that someone can do in order to help them kind of re either reframe or reinvigorate their desire um, to, to really do the work is really what it comes down to, isn't it? Well, yes. And when you really look at sales car reluctance, the first thing is people need to become aware of it. So thank you for making people aware that this is a phenomenon. And then the, the second thing is, is to assess it. Hmm. And so people can go onto my website, exceptionalsales.com and get that free tips and you can get a paper and pencil assessment to assess whether you, where you are with the call reluctance. And then there's another assessment that is more comprehensive that does require a financial investment that you can move into if you so choose. The third step, which is the hardest, is to admit it, to admit that I am experiencing call reluctance. And that's how I got into this business. I was a call reluctant salesperson and mm-hmm. I was taking a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon and I was motivated. I was goal oriented. And so I reached out and I thought, what is going on? And I got the book, The Psychology of Sales Call Reluctance. It was way back 1997. And I got that book and it was like, oh, it was almost a relief. I'm experiencing car reluctance. So I went to, to correct my own car reluctance, which led me into this business that I'm in. But then the fourth step is to apply proven, proven techniques, cognitive behavioral techniques, and also neuroscience techniques to overcome that fear because it's the call reluctance is a fear and it's a mental response to a perceived threat. Mm. And so they're perceiving a threat. Nobody's going to punch him in the nose. It's a perceived threat to their identity. And as people advance and they're making six figures and they're doing incredibly well and they make a prospecting call And that particular prospect is not having a good day. It can shake the world because it's shaking the identity and it's threatening the identity of the salesperson. Mm. So there's a lot of different components here and we can unpack it and help people not only intellectually get it, you'll never solve car reluctance, but from the head up by just intellectualizing it. It does require some good coaching and some getting, admitting. And most importantly, can I ever get on the other side of this? Absolutely. Oh, I love that. So here's the thing that is super unique about you, because I know that there's a lot of people out there who call themselves coaches. Um, You know, they hang that shingle because they got some kind of 10 minute, you know, certification or whatever it is. Now you are an MCC. 
So this brings your coaching capabilities to a whole different level compared to someone who's out there just calling themselves a quote unquote sales coach. So can you share a little bit about how you're able to pull in your true coaching capabilities and skill sets as part of this overall learning how to overcome sales reluctance? Well, yes. And as a master certified coach, and I have over 4,700 hours of real life coaching is that I have different customized models that I can meet the client where they're at. And so that's where influence comes in too. Mm -hmm. meet them where they're at. And what is it that just could really help them connect the dots here? And so just having that sense and intuitive sense and understanding where they're coming from, I have empathy for them, I have compassion for them. I also hold them very capable of getting on the other side of it. So I really do understand it because I lived it. The teacher teaches what the teacher needs to learn, right? And so knowing that, and then also as a master certified coach, I know giving advice to somebody does not work. And in coaching and in the sales world, this is a very true statement. When it comes out of my mouth, they doubt it. When it comes out of their mouth, it's true. And so as a coach and a trained coach, they spend thousands of dollars like you to get trained and to go through a certification is we get enlightened and we understand really how to pull people to where they want to be opposed to forcing them and pushing them that just doesn't work. I love that. And and I, you have enough of a background. I mean, you're a lot like me in terms of having this beautiful hybrid approach of there are times where you can tell people at least some things and then other times where you hold that space. And I think it's a really um, unique skill set to be able to balance those two worlds, especially when you're dealing with uh, people who are already active salespeople, right? So it's not someone who's learning to be a salesperson, but someone who already embodies the role, who's chosen sales as their particular focus in their business and in their career. How would you think is that difference between someone who's kind of, you know, owning, not owning the role, but who is really kind of doing that as a career? Like my job is to sell stuff versus I'm, entre- I'm an entrepreneur and I have to sell stuff. Well, have to is I always feel like if we're coming from the mindset of have to, it's like carrying a bowling ball around on our ankle. <laughs> I mean, that is painful. Mm-hmm. Where there are some people that come to me that have this fabulous job that they absolutely adore. They're making healthy, healthy six figures. They have a, a hundred people under them. And then there's that little component of recruiting that they detest. However, Mm. it's part of their role. Recruiting requires proactivity. And so that's where, too, is some positions don't require selling 100% of their day. It's a very important component that they could lose their job if they are not doing that. And so it goes far and wide. 
And so with somebody who thinks that I have to think about every business, I mean, we're here, we're here. And the is, is to have somebody buy our product, buy our service. And that's another little bugaboo that I have with people in the coaching world. They say, we're not selling. Well, for crying out loud. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you, what's your definition of selling? You know, for me, I don't, selling is good. Right. Um, and, and I look at it beyond the, I'm in the business of being in business, which means I'm in the business of selling in terms of providing my support and services. But for me, selling relates to providing the right offer for the person that you really truly believe that you can support to achieve a result. It's not just getting the credit card number. It's making sure that it's a right fit alignment in terms of energy and support and where that person is in their current space and time. Right. And we're here running profitable businesses. Right. And so my definition, and it comes from Daniel Pink, who wrote a book, and it's worthy of our read, is selling is solving people's problems for a profit. And it's okay. (laughs) And where you look at all the different professions out there where people have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their credentials and their degrees. And it's time, it's time to recognize the value and the worth of it and where somebody comes in and, and it's a perfect fit that we are a piece of their success puzzle. And so part of the mindset is to get people to recognize I am an essential piece of the success puzzle. And where I see this also in the abundance in the abundance world is that everybody has connections, relationships, and networks that only they can serve. So if there's an insurance agent over here that they're only going to be able to serve a certain in those three areas, right? And so Part of coaching too, and you understand this too, Kat, is that our job, well, is, I don't know if it's our job, it's our, is to be able to inspire people to see and recognize their worth. Yep. Because people will never outperform their own sense of value. Mm -hmm. And when people get coached, they get confident. And they breed, their confidence breeds confidence. So that's why I love coaching because people start getting more confident and they start recognizing their value. They start having their fee structures are are worthy of their time and their self-esteem And it's so lovely. I want to be around people who recognize their worth because they're nicer people. I know. I love it because, you know, I was talking about this with a, with a group of mine recently, which was looking at, you know, what are kind of some limiting beliefs or stories that we've observed. And I'm sure that you go into this in terms of like, you know, uh, this, the, the, the things that are preventing us, you know, basically what's the, the the procrastination, right. When it comes down to it of not the pro the, the antithesis of the proactivity. Right. 
And a lot of times I feel that it comes down to this self-worth or this, these triggers of not enough or I'm too much. And so when we do these things that make us uncomfortable, that make us vulnerable because it's not safe. Like we all went through high school and most of us were not the popular kids. And so it's not safe to be yourself fully in terms of your personality and all that. And so that when we get rejected, because that's what happens when we do a lot of sales calls is there is a process of rejection of, you know, like you said, that person may not be in a good mood. It could have been yes, two seconds earlier, but right now their kid just screamed and dropped a bowl of cereal on the floor and, you know, they're having to clean it up and you happen to call at that time. And so it has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with what's happening in that person's world right now. Yet the individual who's calling or reaching out or having a conversation takes it on personally and they make it about them. And so much of business, even though it's our business, isn't about us. How often do you see that be that, that trigger or that kind of world that someone's living in? Yes. Well, and that's exactly what I teach when people are ready to pick up the phone, just to say, this is not about me. Yeah. It's not about me. And that's one of the mindset. It's not about me. And we make it about ourselves. And in, even when it comes to somebody saying no, and it takes practice. I mean, I had a call once that I was, my face was red and I was shaking after it. Um, but that was many years ago and I'll never forget it. The only thing is, as the older that we get and the more grounded we get in our value, yes, it's not rejection. It's just a timing issue. And if somebody's going to be rude on a call, do I really want them as a client? <laughs> So I don't like to get into judgment. However, it really is um, not taking it on. And I believe that nobody can reject us unless we have something inside of us that is, has a little bit of rejecting against what we're doing. Yeah. I, it's just everything. Yes. <laughs> um, so what is something, and it can't be solved in a single exercise, but what's something that someone can start doing to help them overcome at least maybe today's or this hour's sales reluctance? Um, you know, what's that thing that they can start working on to help them see that, you know what, there's a way to get over this? Well, the first thing is most of the time when people are call reluctant, they, they're angry at themselves. Mm. They have some conflict within themselves. And so the first thing is to just have some empathy for where they're at. Like I, you know, I'm experiencing call reluctance and just to have that empathy. And then also I have a to extend it out and think about their prospect and have some empathy for their prospect. And using an exercise of coming from the prospect's perspective around I feel because. And what happens is most salespeople, they're just thinking about, let's land an appointment here. I just gotta get it because I gotta get it done. Right. But to be able to think, you know, how does this prospect, what could their perspective be about my outreach? Mm -hmm. And I was coaching someone recently and she was not doing well. And 
we just changed her script to say, you know what, what we have to offer may or may not be of value to you. Are you open to exploring? She said it was night and day. So she obviously delivered it properly. And so is a way to preempt it that we're not going to wrestle to the ground an alligator to the ground to get that appointment, but to be able to soften it in a way that, uh, that causes the prospect to open up. Mm. So those are the kind of things that I originally work with people on in order for them to reconcile. And yesterday, somebody goes, I've never thought about it. I've never thought about it from the prospect's perspective. And then another thing is if people will not take sales calls and they do not like salespeople calling them, however, part of their job is to make sales calls and to call people, they've got an internal conflict. And so I always say, take a couple sales calls, be nice to the people, you don't need to buy. But if we're rejecting salespeople and say, I hate it when somebody calls me, oh, oh, guess what? I need to make some calls today. There's it's it's a it's not integrated. There's a lack of integrity mm. when you really look at it. So those are those little nuances that we can talk about and coach around to get people to go, oh, okay. So that's helping in shifting the mindset. Oh, I love that because it's, and I just want to highlight one of the pieces of the things that you just said, which was you modified the process, right? Because for that particular client, this aspect of the thing needed to be modified so that she could fully embody it to get the results. And it's why scripts in and of themselves don't work. They're a great example. There's the, it's the framework, if you will, but it's not the end all be all because I've been on the other side of those calls of someone following a script and, you know, not following the person in terms of the conversation, which is more of a coaching capability. Um, but then being like, hold on, hold on. We can't talk about what you want to achieve. I haven't finished, you know, grilling you about your current pain points. <laughs> like, um, Connie, you have shared so much valuable information here today. How can people get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about, you know, not only sales call reluctance, but maybe how it's showing up in their own life? So exceptionalsales.com. And uh, I have some blogs and some video blogs. They call them blogs, right? Yeah. And then that free report, it puts you into my opt-in system. And so then you do get some really nitty gritty good. I mean, it is good in there. And then you get the prospecting EKG so you can take your own assessment and then you can decide. And then you can for sure give me a call if you're and even if you're call reluctant, give me a call <laughs> uh, 602-380-5431. And I always am you really talk to people about what it is that they want to achieve some people are afraid to call me because they're afraid that they're going to buy um and you know it's just to have a conversation around it and in closing is sales call reluctance is nothing to be embarrassed about Mm. living with it needlessly is 
And especially if you're in a career and you have a few years ahead of you, suffering with call reluctance and waking up on Monday morning and dreading the week. I recently had a client said, Connie, I woke up, it's Monday and I wasn't dreading Monday. So it's really assessing like, how you want to, you know, so you have to invent, you have to invest and you have to confront yourself. However, coaching works. That's why Kat and I continue to do what we do. So and thrive as well as we do and why our clients get the results that they do. Connie, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you.